All right. Well, good morning. We're so glad you guys are here with us today. It is good to be back with you guys this week. Uh, I got to take a week off and spend it in Florida, and I almost didn't come back again. And so, but I'm here, and I hope you guys' New Year is starting off really well. And so, if you're new, we're so glad you guys are here. Stop by the welcome desk on your way out. We have a gift for you just for coming, uh, just for first time. Even if you hate it, even if you don't like it, we want to give you a gift. Uh, and it's a, it's a coffee mug, so you can be reminded of that time you went to church and you didn't like it. And so, uh, so yeah, so that's for you. Uh, we're starting a new series, so if this is your first time, it's perfect time. Uh, this will be a four-week series. Whenever I start a series, I always want to tell people, this is all going to be introduction today. And so it's going to end, you're going to walk away, uh, but it's going to build on each other every week. And so this is just the start of this series. And so I want to start with this question, uh, and don't elbow anybody, but you, you, you know, um, is anybody in here really competitive? Right, yeah, I saw all the wives immediately look at their husbands like, yeah, you. And uh, anybody like to win? Yeah, okay. Anybody ever had to like apologize to anybody after like a game of Monopoly? Yeah, or something like that? Yeah. Um, I am super competitive. Uh, if you've ever played sports with me, if I've ever coached your kids, uh, you know how competitive I am. Um, I, I have had to apologize to uncles before after a game of spades. I have had to apologize to my kids for the merciless beatdown I took on them uh, during a game. And uh, sports, um, I was not given the stature of a great athlete, um, but in my mind I am, right? And uh, I have a cousin that's six foot seven, couldn't dribble a basketball to save his life. And every time I look at him, I said, it was wasted on you, man. It was wasted on you. Uh, if you see me at the gym and we're running on a treadmill next to me, just know that we're racing. Uh, you don't know that we're racing, but we are. We are racing. And so I want to win so much, and I know many of us do. Um, now, here's the thing. So when you're playing sports, when you're playing a game, um, it's very obvious what the goal is. And if you want to win, we know who the winner is. We know how we're doing in the game. We can look at the scoreboard. We can look at the stack of money in our hand. We can look at the score sheet. It's very easy. It's much harder sometimes in the other arenas in life, probably the arenas that actually matter most. Here's what I've learned at 41 years old. Um, sports, they're great. They don't really matter. I mean, it's fun. It's fun to cheer. Um, it's fun to play. Uh, card games, board games, I mean, they're fun. We want to win, but it doesn't really matter. Um, but there are arenas in life that it matters. Now, the other thing I want to say is that life often does seem like a game. Have you guys ever seen this game before? You ever played this game? So we played it last night because I knew I was preaching about this with, with my, uh, and we played with my son. And uh, it is amazing how much this game gets it. And so does anybody not have a copy of this game at their house that has a family? Anybody? All right, here you go. You can have this one. So this is my gift to you. So you have to play it though, okay? All right, there you go. So that is the game of life. Now, life often seems like a game. And so I'm going to ask a question today that we're going to talk about for the next three weeks about different arenas in life, and we're going to introduce it today. Um, but here's the question, and this question, if you're willing to ask it when it comes to certain things, will give you a lot of clarity um, in, in things that you're doing. There, there's this great verse that the Bible gives us in the book of Ecclesiastes. It's King Solomon, and, and call, Solomon has this idea of chasing after the wind. And it's this idea that you, when you chase after the wind, you're chasing after something you can't see, you don't know the end goal of, and so sometimes life for some of us feels like a chasing after the wind. And so when it comes to different areas of life, 
when it comes to the game of life, when it comes to the running race that we feel like we're in in life, here's the simple question. What is the win? What's the win? What's the win in the arena of life that matters the most? What is the win in this situation? So here's some ideas. What is the win relationally? What's the win for you and your spouse? What's the win when it comes to raising your kids? What's the win for you financially? What's your win professionally? What's your win emotionally? And what is your win spiritually? Again, it's easy to tell if we're doing well. It's easy to know at the end of the game who wins and who has the best score. It's easy to know in Monopoly who wins, whoever has eliminated everybody. But when it comes to life sometimes, it's hard to tell if we're winning. And so sometimes we have to stop and we have to define in this area of my life what is the win. Now, it's also really important that you decide to find the win for yourself, okay? Because what happens is if you don't define the win for yourself when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to your parenting, when it comes to your job, when it comes to your emotions, when it comes to all this, if you don't define the win for yourself, here's what you'll do. You'll end up adopting somebody else's win. And what will happen is you'll start to compare yourself to what somebody else's win is. As we've said before, there's no win in comparison, And you'll define yourself based on what somebody else's life is doing, what their win is. And all of a sudden, there'll be all this confusion. And for a lot of us, we'll start to feel bad about ourselves. We'll start to beat up ourselves because we're not as far along as they are. It seems like they have this thing going on. And so we have to make sure that we're saying, what's the win for us? And it's important for you to define this. Because if not, for the single people in here, you'll date like everybody else dates. For all of us, you'll spend money like everybody else spends money. You'll parent like everybody else parents. You'll work like everybody else works. And you'll never define what the win is actually for yourself. Or you'll settle for what I like to call not goals. So so not goals, that they look good, but here's a not goal. Well, I'm not going to be like him. And I'm not going to be like her. And we're not going to be like them. That's a not goal. I'm not going to be like them. But if you never define the win for yourself, you never actually know how you're doing. It's okay to say, well, I don't want to be like that or I don't want to be like that. But what is actually the win for you in that arena, in that thing? So the arenas we're going to talk about, just so you know, today's introduction, we're going to talk about our health, and that's going to be mind, body, and spirit. We're going to talk about our wealth, okay? And then we're also going to talk about the win when it comes to our family, when it comes to our relationships. And so the question is, what's the win in this season? Because in every season of life, and we talk about this a lot, there's different seasons. The win for you now might be different than a win five years in the future. Or the win for you now might be different than a win five years ago. Okay? And so what's the win? And so regardless of where you are on your faith journey, okay, what's the win for you right now? So we begin this new year, and, and so there's a lot of stuff going on in our lives. A lot of us have set resolutions. A lot of us have had these ideas of what we want to do. And so as you talk through those things, what's the win for you in this season of life? As you go into 2023, What's the win? Now, I'm going to give you an example from the Bible of a guy who decided a win, and we're going to talk about it. Now, his win is his win, and we'll talk about how it relates to you and me here in a second. But what I really want to get to at the end is the the dedication he has to his win, all right? And the dedication he has to, this is what I want my life to be about, and this is how dedicated I am to this actual idea. So we're going to talk about this guy named Paul. For you guys that don't know much about Paul, 
Paul is a guy, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. Uh, so he wrote letters to churches. So what he would do is he would plant churches. So this is the church plant. We started 10 year, 12 years ago. Um, it's can't believe it's been 12 years. Jeez, Manitney. And so, uh, so he would start a church, and, and then he would write letters to these churches because he couldn't be there all the time with them. And he would find out things going on. He would try to encourage them. Later on, that becomes part of the New Testament because those words, we believe, are inspired not only for the people he was writing to, but they have practical applications to us today. So he wrote a lot. He planted a lot of churches. Um, he also w- was really influential in reaching the Gentiles. Now, if you didn't grow up in church, or even if you did and you still don't understand, a Gentile is everybody that wasn't Jewish in their culture. So for, I would say all of us, most of us in this room, we're Gentiles in, in his mind, okay? And, and he specifically wanted to make sure that the Gentiles, the not Jewish people, um, that they had a relationship with God. So we should all be very grateful for Paul and what he was able to do. Now, so Paul wrote a lot, he planted a lot, and he reached people that nobody was willing to reach. But this wasn't always the case. At the beginning of Paul, the stuff we see about Paul, Paul was opposed to Christianity. In fact, he believed that his goal as a good Jewish person was to eliminate the Christian movement. And so he went as far as persecuting. We see scenes where he stands on the side and watches his Christians are killed. I mean, he has a completely different mindset. And then he has this moment where he gets a connection with Jesus and his whole life changes. And because all of a sudden he has this moment of clarity on what his purpose should be, he comes up with a different set of goals for his life. The win for him now is different than the win for him yesterday. And so he comes to life, his life changes, and he zeroes in on what the win is for him in this season of life, and this avenue of life, and he's very clear on what the win is for him. And, and, and this win is not going to be the win for all of us, but here's what he says. In 1 Corinthians, he explains what the win is, and he, he says it this way. He says, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. So let me explain that language to you. Though I am free... Okay, and so what you have to understand is in in the Jewish faith, you've probably heard of this, um, they were under the law. Now, the law that you think of is Ten Commandments. You guys remember the Ten Commandments? Okay, so you guys can't even keep the Ten Commandments. You can't, right? Have you even kept them today? The answer is no, okay? You probably haven't, all right? So we keep talking about the Ten Commandments. We can't keep those, I promise. But that's not even the law. There's actually 613 So it becomes this standard that's almost impossible for anybody to live up to. And so when Jesus comes along, Jesus frees us from the law and offers us something else. And so he's saying, though I am free and belong to no one and I don't belong to law, I have made myself a slave to everyone. Now, this is confusing language because in their culture, slavery is very much a part of of their culture. Um, and, And so he is saying, even though I don't have to be, I'm choosing to be a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. So for Paul, what he believes, and you can believe this or not, what Paul believes is that because of what Jesus has done, that there's an opportunity for everybody. And it's not the law, it's not enslavement, no, it's actually about freedom. And he wants to teach people about this freedom that comes from relationship with Jesus and and the way we view life. And so he wants to win people. And so he goes on to this little talk, and for sake of time, I'll just kind of paraphrase it for you. Here's what he says. He says, when I'm with the Jewish people, like, I, I become Jewish. He, he says, I do everything they do. I eat the way that they eat. I dress the way that they dress. Like, when I'm with the Jewish people, like, I become like a Jew. And then he says, but when I'm with the Gentiles, I become like the Gentiles. 
And so what he's saying is, whoever I'm around, because I care about them, because I want to win them, because I want them to know about the goodness of God and what Jesus has done for them, he says, listen, I'm not going to offend them. I'm going to become like them. I'm going to practice what they practice. I'm going to keep that in mind. Um, Basically, he says, I'm going to get along with everybody. Because it's so important for me that I don't want to do anything or say anything that's going to discount what I'm actually going to tell them about and the way that I'm going to live, right? And this is a really important lesson for us, by the way. Here's why. It's not what you say that matters. It's what you do that matters, right? Do you guys know that? Like, you can say whatever you want. It is immediately wiped out by what you actually do. Parents. You can tell your kids all day long, but it's what you do that actually matters. And Paul understands this. This is, by the way, just a great principle to live your life by. It's not what I say, it's what I do. And so he wanted to make sure that he lives a life that he can kind of get along with everybody, right? And so he says, I'm going to become whatever I have to become in order to reach these people, all right? And then he has this language that's really fascinating we'll talk about later. He says, though I'm free, I'm not free from God's law, um, but I'm under Christ's law. Now, if you remember what Christ's law is, because there's this law language we don't like, because when we think of law, we think of rules, and, and you got to understand that following Jesus is not about following rules. So Jesus makes it really simple if you don't know. He takes the entire law, not 10, 613 commands, and he reduces it down to one. Do you remember what it was? Love God, love people. That's it. If you can love God and love people, and then right before Jesus dies, right before he goes to the cross, he even takes the love God part out. He's like, well, that might be too hard for him. He says, if we can just love people, he says, I'm going to give you a new command. If we can just learn to love one another. And so Paul says, this is the law that I'm under. I've got to love these people. So when I'm with the Jewish people, I don't want to offend them. I want to love them so that they can see me, so they can hear me. And so I'm going to work this way. When I'm with the Gentiles, I'm going to do this way. And then he finishes it up. He says this, to the weak, I had become weak, which we don't like, right? Especially competitive people like me. That just seems nonsense, right? To the weak, I become like to weak. And he says this, I became all things, all right, to all people. I became all things to all people. So that by all possible means. So Paul says, listen, I became whatever I needed to become by all possible means. I mean, this guy is dedicated to his win. He says, whatever it requires of me, I am willing to do in order to achieve my win. And his win was to win people. Now, that may not be your goal, or maybe if you're not familiar with church, or maybe if you think that's all that church is about, then maybe that you don't understand kind of what he's talking about here. And that's okay. We'll, we'll get to that. But, but here's what I want to teach you next, is what happens next. Because Paul says, here's my win. So for you, define what your win is. When it comes to your relationships, when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your spirituality, when it comes to, to whatever it is, your health, which is your mind, body, and spirit, whatever it is, you define the win for you. And then the goal is to have the same dedication that Paul had, because Paul says, by any means necessary. And what that means is he was willing to do whatever it took, because Paul understands this, and we have to understand this, right? It is not enough to wish, it is not enough to want, and it is not enough to desire, right? Listen, I have wished, wanted, and desired a six-pack my entire life. 
Never going to happen. All right? He dips into this sports metaphor that some of us maybe will understand. All right? Because we're competitive. We started with this idea of competitive. So, so he says, okay, let's go into the sports world. Because the sports world is easy to understand what the win is, right? Whoever gets, wins the race, whoever wins the wrestling match, whoever wins the boxing match, whoever has the best score at the end of the game, which apparently this year is never going to be Kentucky. And so he says this. He says this. All right? He says, do you not know? Do you not know that in a race, all runners run, but only one gets the prize? So if you've ever watched a race, okay, and we're kind of like, of course, everybody runs, only one gets the prize. People ask me all the time why I run half marathons. I do it because I'm running against myself. I'm not a Kenyan. I'm not going to win. I know that, okay? Um, but I do it because it's fun to me, okay? And so, but reality is when we start up, all 13,000 of us at the mini marathon, there's only one person that's going to win. Now, we're all going to get a medal because of participation, but only one person's going to get the prize. And so we all know how a run works. Only one person gets the prize. And so what he's saying is you should live your life in a way in which you believe that you're going to win the race. You live your life in a way in which you actually believe that you're going to win the prize. In an athletic competition, it's obvious in arenas of life, it's not always obvious, is it? It's not always obvious if we're winning, if we're losing, right? On the football field, it's easy to see your competition and how you're doing against them, right? In a race, it's easy to see that. But when it comes to winning in life, when it comes to winning in marriage, when it comes to winning with your kids, when it comes to winning financially or if you're dating or whatever, it's hard to tell. And so he says, your goal should be simply, I'm going to run as if I believe that I'm going to get the prize, You run your life in such a way in which it's very clearly defined for you what the win actually is, and you're going to run the race that's marked out for you, not for somebody else, in order to get that prize, all right? And he says this. He says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training, right? I've told you guys this story before. Um, I, I ran when I was in high school. I ran a little bit when I was in college, and then in my 20s, I realized how much I loved pizza and video games, all right? And so I stopped running for a little while. I used to play Tiger Woods golf, like, religiously. And so, um, you know, I, I got out of shape. And so in my 30s, I decided I wanted to start running again. And I've told you this. I mean, my first time, I expected to go out there and run five miles, no problem. I ran from my house to the end of the street. I threw up. Um, I looked at my watch, I realized I'd gone a half mile, and I said, well, that's not good. And so what I did was every day I got back out, I ran a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. So if you have a goal in athletics, you realize, like right now, people go to the gym. We want people at the gym. It's great. Um, You probably, if you haven't lifted weights in a few years, are not going to be able to bench press 300 pounds day one, right? Unless you want to go to the hospital. And and so... um, so you, you realize athletes, and this is, the, this is what he's saying, they, they have to put their body in strict training. So it's a metaphor. So why would you not expect that in the arenas of life, when it comes to your relationships, when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your parenting, you've got to put yourself in strict training. Nobody wakes up tomorrow and it's the way that they always hoped it would be, Right? You, you can't go through 15 years of marriage with all the arguments and all the stuff that comes with it and tomorrow just expect it to be great. It's going to require some training. It's going to require some effort. It's 
It's going to require some things, right? And he says, so, so these athletes, they, they want to win, right? And so they, they, they go through strict training. So when it comes to the win for you, when you define the win for yourself, when it comes to your family, when it comes to your health, when it comes to your wealth, it's going to require some things. It's going to require some training. And so what does that look like for you? All right. And, and then he says this. He says, these athletes do this and they get a crown that will not last. Right? And so he says that they do all this effort and energy and they end up with a trophy that doesn't even last. Right? I was an athlete in high school and, you know, I had some success in cross country and some success in tennis. Um, last year, my regional championship uh, tennis trophy, um, it was in our garage and I opened it up and it was broken. And I was like, well, that's not good, right? It doesn't last, right? And so we do all this stuff and we have all this stuff and it's a crown that, that will not last. And then he says, but we, now he's going to get out of the sports metaphor, he's going to talk about something different. We're in a competition, okay, and the competition is life in which there's actually a crown that does last. And so the arena of sports, where it's easy to tell if you're winning or losing, we can do all this effort, all this energy, we get a trophy, we get a, a ribbon, we, we get whatever. It's not going to last. But we're in a different race. We're in a race where something actually does last. And so, so he says, here's what he says. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. Like, I got purpose. Like, I'm not just running, to, like, I'm not just going to, you know, spin in circles. Like, I, I'm running with a purpose. I do not fight like a boxer beating in the air, right? Like my life, I have a clear win. Now we know what his win was. We've already talked about it, but you have to get in this place. Like if you want to win the game of life, here's what my win is. And so I'm not just going to run this race and just hope it all works out, right? I'm going to have a purpose. I'm going to make decisions based on where I believe that I want to be at the end of the day. I'm not just going to be someone just doing this aimlessly, and then he says this, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. So this again, he's hitting this metaphor over and over again, right? If you're going to be an athlete, there's going to be some training. There's going to be some effort. There's going to be some energy. And so when it comes to our relationships, why would we not think there's going to be effort and energy involved? Why would we not think that we're going to have to come up with a plan? Why would we not think that, you know what? We're going to have to, in the morning, wake up and be like, this is, this is the goal, this is the win, and so these are the steps that I need to take. Now, <clears throat> isn't it true that in most areas of life that matter most, some of us don't even know what the win is, do we? I mean, when it comes to our marriage, the win is like, well, we're just not going to get divorced. Is that your win? Right? Well, we're going to keep the kids alive till they're 18. That's the win, right? So what is the win? And so here's what he says, and this is the final thought from Scripture. He says this, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others. Now, again, this is hitting back on that statement. See, what Paul doesn't want to be is what we call a hypocrite. So what Paul doesn't want to be is somebody, and this goes to parenting, this goes to marriage, this goes to if you're a boss, if you're a manager, whatever it is. 
I'm not going to tell people this is the way they live their life. And in the meantime, myself, I'm getting disqualified. So I'm going to practice what I preach. And so if I'm going to encourage people and I'm going to say, this has got to be our win, like I have to do this because his fear is that, that if he doesn't discipline himself, if he doesn't train himself, not somebody else, train himself, his fear is that he's going to get to the end of it and he's been so focused on everybody else that he hasn't taken care of himself. And then he might be disqualified. So here's the bottom line. We have to prepare and compete as if the competition was standing lined up before inside of us. Define what the win is, and then we have to do it. We have to live it out so that we don't disqualify ourselves. So, again, you don't win by wishing. You don't win by hoping. You don't even win by just praying. You win by preparing to win. You win by preparing to win. You, you win by learning to say no to things that aren't going to help you win. And saying yes to things, they're going to help you reach your goals. So for all of us, me included, what's the win? Relationally, financially, academically, professionally, what's the win? And are you preparing to win? And at the risk of being overdramatic, here's what I want to say. You only get one chance. Now, what I mean by that is you get multiple chances in life. There's multiple days. But, but listen... You only get to live your 20s out once, right? It's not like you get to 29 and they're like, would you like to go back or move ahead, you know? You don't get that choice. You only get to do your 30s and your 40s once. You only have one first marriage. One of the things I've noticed is that, and I've done this, is that we have this idea that, okay, I'll get to it in my 20s and we never got to it. We'll get to it in our 30s and I never got to it. You get to it in your 40s. I'll do it when I'm 50. And all of a sudden, you look back and it's passed you by because you never took the time to get serious and say, this is the win for me in this season of life. And so you have to decide what it's going to look like. You only get one chance to raise your kids. And I hate to say it, but the clock is ticking. And so you have to decide. And it's not the win based on how you were parented. It's not the win based on how everybody else does it. What's the win for you? <clears throat> and so here's what I want to say. That is just a life principle. Okay, that is just a life principle. So if you're a Christian or not, I hope that you can apply that. I hope that you can define what the win is in your life. But for those of us that are Christians, those of us that have put our trust and our faith in, in Jesus, um, you know, it's not just a model that Paul gives us. You know, um, the idea behind Christian faith is that we're all messed up. Like, I'm as messed up as anybody in this room. Like, we're all messed up, but we believe we found good news in Jesus, and we've decided to follow Jesus, and we don't get it perfect, but we're just doing our best, right? One of my favorite quotes from Brene Brown is, we have to believe we're just doing the best with what we got. And just so you know, none of us were all given a great shot. So we're doing our best. But for Paul, this isn't just meant to be inspiring. For Paul, this is the thing in life because see, Paul understands like we are, we are competing in life. We, we get one shot and it's not for some trophy that's going to end up in a case in your shed. It's not for some ribbon you're going to hang up in your closet and one day look at or not. No, see, see for him, um, and if Jesus was correct, life is not bookended by a death certificate or birth certificate and a death certificate. For him, there was something more. And Jesus believed that, and that's what he taught. And, and Paul believed this, and that's what he taught it. And, and so Paul says, listen, I'm not running aimlessly. Like, there's purpose behind this. 
I'm not like a, a boxer who's just swinging my arms in the air. He says there, there's got to be a purpose to it because it's not just a temporary thing. There's, there's so much implication. And he says this, he says that you live your life in such a way, and for him it was to win people. Now, we don't like that language, but for him, the other idea is, I'm going to live my life in such a way that people see the way that I live, and they're going to want to know more about Jesus. They're going to say, like, hey, you live your life differently, or you do things differently. And, And so for him, that's the win. And so for those of us that are Christians, when we hear this message, it's not just about winning in the way that the world wins, it's about doing something else. It's about letting your life, the way you parent, the way you spend your money, the way you are in your profession, the way you are in your relationships, the way you are in your dating, the way you are in your marriage, all of it, it's that you live your life in such a way that it shines in such a way that people are attracted to it. They see that, right? It looks like this for some of you. It looks like you come in here and like you wear your journey shirt to church and they're great. We get them. We love them. Um, But that doesn't mean now you get to go to the Mexican restaurant and be a jerk because your food didn't come out in time, right? It doesn't mean like you walk in here and you're all smiling and happy and stuff and and then you get in the car, you go to Kroger afterwards and I've seen some of you guys and you're making a scene, right? It means like, no, this this is real, this is authentic. So we live our life in such a way because at the end of the day, whether you realize it or not, that's a win. When your life reflects what you actually say you believe and you're a follower of Jesus. And so at the end of the day, What's your win? As we go into this year, what's your win? What's your win when it comes to your life? What's your win when it comes to this year? What's your life when you, your win when it comes to your family, your parenting, your relationships, your finances? What's the win for you? And only you can define it so that you can win the game of life. Let's pray.